Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese. And I'm David. And he is my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. So here it is. What is a hobby you haven't done in a while that you wouldn't mind starting back again? Gosh, that's a toughie. Um, You and I played tennis the other day. Yeah. And and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't last very long, but I enjoyed it while I played. Um, that would be fun. Also, I used to play chess a good bit, mm. and I haven't played chess in years and would probably stink at it right now. Right. I, I know it's an extremely nerdy thing to say. Nope. But, it's cool. But chess would be fun. I'm just yeah. afraid that I would get into it and people would just smoke me, and then I would run like a small child and, you know, cry into my pillow or something like that. I feel like the opposite would happen really quickly. I think you would come in and then everybody would quit whenever they face you and be like, there's no point. There's no <laughs> point in even facing him. It doesn't matter. So uh, th- those are good choices, though. Yeah. Chess yeah. Tennis. Chess would probably be one. I mean, I, I thought about watching the Queen's Gambit movie, but it just looked like it had a, to do with a lot of things other than chess. That uh, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. interested in. So I was like, nah, nah. But yeah, probably I'd say chess. Okay. I would, I'd definitely go with tennis. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a very clear one. I played tennis in high school and just really didn't do it much in college or really, you know, after I graduated or anything. Uh, but when we played again, I was, I really enjoyed that. I was like, it's not just a good workout. It's just a lot of fun. Whenever you're going back and forth yeah. and just trying to score that point, it's mm-hmm. just a great feeling. It was fun. The other thing I'd say would be like reading uh, books like fiction. Okay. I like reading fiction books. And I mean, actually reading it. Yeah. You yeah. know, I always do audiobook stuff. I still do that today. But actually just sitting down with a good book and just reading for mm-hmm. a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I did that was probably October. Yeah. Um, in a case where it wasn't like a productivity thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd like to, I'd like to get back into that because that's fun. Yeah, it is. I've got some different fiction books I'm reading. I love listening to them on audio, especially when I'm doing things around the house. Right. Cause it makes you feel like it's not doing that long. When I'm on my bike trainer, I listen to an audio book and it helps the time go by way faster. Yeah. Okay, so we are in the adulting series, and one thing, whenever you talk about adulting, you got to talk about money. That's right. Because that's one of those things that if you don't get it right, it can mess up a lot of other areas in life. That's true. A lot of times it's not super glamorous. So uh, as we jump in, I'm kind of curious, Dad, in your opinion, how important do you think money is? In, In that way, I mean, do you think we should think about money more, or do you think we think about it too much? Yeah, it's. I think the key to money is understanding that money is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have money to live. You have to have some type of value system for society to function, um, to get into the deep side of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a purpose. And I think our society today looks at money as just get all you can. You got to grind. You got to do right. this. With the goal of getting money, 
thinking that if I get a million, two million, a billion, mm. then, you know, I'm going to know stuff, then I will have illumination. Mm-hmm. And I love there's a quote John Maxwell said years ago, I read in a book, he said, money is a tool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way to look at money. You need it, like you need good tools to do things. But it's not your purpose. It's not your life. Yeah. And I think that's the danger is we kind of put money way up there, mm-hmm. whether you have it or whether you don't. We judge people by their money. We judge ourselves by our money. Mm-hmm. And and I think money is one of those things that everybody goes through seasons. There are sometimes seasons maybe you're doing well. I'm not saying you're a gazillionaire, but maybe you're doing all right. Mm-hmm. And then you may go through a season where it's tight. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think it's our purpose. And I think the danger for a lot of people is they just think, if I can get a lot of money, then all my problems will go away. Mm. And it's just not true because you look at the lives of so many rich people today and they're messed up. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I think sometimes we get confused because money is a way to show value for things. Mm-hmm. We begin to look at it as something that shows value for people. Yeah. And, and getting those two mixed up is pretty dangerous because mm-hmm. then, you know, how the stock market goes defines your worth, which is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, it is. Because you never know what's going to happen, right? And and that is, that's just not a secure foundation to build on mm-hmm. as a purpose, as a reflection of how important you are. So I think you're right. I think we need to focus on money and not be afraid to look at it. Yeah. But to not look to it as purpose. Yeah. And and in the Bible, Jesus talked about money a good bit. Mm -hmm. And the Bible talks about money. So it's not something to be afraid of. Right. It's something we need to understand, but we need to look at it as what it is. It's a tool. Yeah. So if it is a tool, obviously tools can be used in good ways and in negative ways. What are some what are some things we should avoid when using the tool that is money? I think one of the big things today is the tendency to uh, impulse buy. Mm. It's, it's so easy. I was talking with someone the other night and I was explaining to them what a rice cooker was. They they said they had a hard time making rice on the stove. And I was like, right. you don't have a rice cooker? And, and they're like, what is that? So I explained it to them and they were like, I need that. And I mean, they pulled their phone out, pulled up Amazon, boom, and bought it. Mm-hmm. So it was coming to their house. Right. And that's fine. But I think sometimes we all have a tendency to, ooh, new shiny object. I need that. Yeah. And we order it without really thinking, do I need that? Do I want it? Do I have a budget for it? And it's really easy to do, especially with Amazon, with our phones. You know, you can click an ad, you can be on a site and you can buy something before you really even give it much thought. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that's that whole thing of, you know, oh, I want it, I'm going to get it right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, and that's a dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. I think something that kind of has to do with that would be like, taking loans and credit cards and stuff like that. Yeah. Like credit cards are so easy. It, it's incredible, you know, since Emily and I have gotten married, we've gotten a Capital One credit card in the mail available for us to just pull out and use. Yep. Like multiple times each year. Like, yeah. Like every quarter probably. Yeah. There's, a, there's this free card with a new deal and a certain amount of points you can get. And literally all you got to do is pull the card out because it's already got your name on it and just use it. Yeah. Now we throw those in the garbage quickly mm-hmm. because we know too easy, like there is a catch. Like yeah. high interest rates and all of that stuff. Like if you just run around treating it like your account, you're going to end up 
owing a lot in the future. It, it's not the same thing as cash. It's not mm-hmm. something that you spend and then it's done. It's you spend it, then you owe it, and then you owe extra. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a scary place to be a lot of times. Well, and, and people like that, like they will, you get on mailing lists, like literally I get a card thing in the mail yeah. almost every day. Mm. Different cards all around. And I think there's a lot of people like that. They get one card and, oh, I'm good. Then they get another one. And that's where I love how people, they make the credit rating so important. Yeah. Oh, what's your credit rating? You know, but if you have the money, you know, you don't necessarily have to do all these things for your credit rating. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you want to have a good one. But if you have cash and you're out of debt, you pay for your stuff on time you're going to have a pretty good credit rating naturally. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people make these excuses to have credit cards and they're not bad. You just have to be able to have the self-discipline Yeah. to say, okay, what am I using this for? Like I know people who do them for points. Yeah. They pay them off every month. They build up a bunch of points and they do stuff with them. Well, that takes a lot of discipline. If you can do that, great. But it takes a while to get to that point. And I think a lot of people get it run it to the max, and then think, okay, I won't do it next time. They get another one, they run it to the max. Mm -hmm. And that gets to be a cycle that can be pretty hard on people to even get out of the hole. Yeah, that's true. I think another one is just general peer pressure. Um, It's that old phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. You know, it's you want to have the same thing as everybody else. You know, I, I remember in high school, when it was so cool to have the iPhone 4, you know, (laughs) like, man, the iPhone 4 was the thing, which makes me sound old, but it really was like, if you had an iPhone 4, people were like, whoa, I know you got the one that's glass and is easily broken. You're so Mm -hmm. cool. I know you're so awesome. You're amazing. And and everybody wanted one, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, everybody had the same Christmas list thing. And if not birthday list, because they wanted to be cool. And the same thing goes with clothes. The same thing when you get older goes with cars and with mm-hmm. houses. People sometimes don't even buy things because they want it necessarily. Is they buy it because they've seen someone else have it. Yeah. Think that'd be pretty cool. And then they go out and buy it themselves. And that can get you in a tough spot monetarily. It can. And a lot of times what people do is they kind of judge their own self-worth mm. on what they have. And if they see someone maybe they look up to who has something, yeah. They think, I need that so I can be like them. Mm. And and there's nothing wrong with, like, if someone has something and you see it and you think, oh, man, that's cool. I may get that one day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's normal. Yeah. But if you say, I have to get that so I can be like them or, and here's the reality, so they'll like me. Yeah. You know, it really is high school again. And adults, I mean, I've been an adult for a while and mm-hmm. adults are the same as kids. Yep. They see another adult who has something they think that adult's cool in whatever way. They want to get that so they'll like them. Mm. And I think it's something we have to really work through in ourselves. How insecure am I? Uh, all the things like that to make sure that that's not one of those things. And I think that leads up to the other thing would be a lot of people rush. I need this. I have to have this. Mm. You know, like we talked about last week, you know, a lot of kids you mentioned want their parents' house. Yeah. You know, when they when they get out of school and start working, but it takes time to build those things up. And I think right. we're kind of like, well, I should have this lifestyle I want right now. I should be able to travel around the world. I should be able to buy everything I want. And that's just not reality for people. Mm-hmm. And there's just been like with money. There's give and take. Yeah. I yeah. mean, 
people talk about time as money. I don't agree with that, yeah. but it does take time to get money. Yeah, like if it you does. have a lot of money, mm-hmm. even if you inherit it, somebody spent time gathering that. Yeah. And, and if you aren't inheriting a large amount from somebody else, you're going to have to spend time. And so you end up having to ask yourself, like, how much time do I want to spend on this? How quickly do I want to try and get this fancy house? Because that's yeah. going to answer how many hours you need to work, what kind of job you need to have. And those are things you need to think about before just jumping in and saying, I want a million dollar house. Well, and for people, it's the sometimes that journey is what prepares people for the end. Mm. You know, like a lot of people who have large amounts of money mm-hmm. are not people who waste money. Mm-hmm. They aren't people who stop, you know, they're, they're, they know how to stop. They know yeah. how to not just keep going. Right. A lot of people who have money, it's because they don't spend it all. Yeah. It's because they're wise with it because they've been on that journey. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, if it comes too easily for us, kind of like lottery winners, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of lottery winners within a few years, they're broke. Which is impressive. Yeah. I mean, because when you get a lot of money, plenty of people will come help you spend it. And plenty of people will come to you with ideas of how you can spend your money. Yeah. And a lot of times, if you weren't good with money already, winning the lottery will just highlight the fact that you're not good with money. Yeah. And so I think if we rush, we're not as prepared for it, which is why a lot of people who are older, when they're giving inheritance, they'll do things to make sure people can't waste it at a young age. Mm. They won't get like they'll set up their will where it doesn't get to that person until this age, mm-hmm. or they'll set stages where they get it, stuff like that, because mm-hmm. they know it could really hurt someone. If you're 18 or given, you know, $15 million, it probably won't last very long. Yeah. You're going to buy a really nice house, a really nice car, go on a bunch of really nice vacations. And two years later, you're going to be like, what? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Or if you save some of it, and invest some of it, you could mm-hmm. just be set up for life yeah. and work on something you love, no matter how much you get paid. Exactly. And with that, I think we have to look at the way our society has this, I deserve this attitude. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we rush into things because we think, you know, I deserve this. I need to have this. And that's where people, if they win the lottery, they think, oh, I deserve this, then I can buy whatever I want. Right. And if you look, a lot of times the people who have the most struggles with money, mm-hmm. maybe they, they don't live in a very high economic area, is because they have that attitude of, I deserve this. So every time they get money, mm. every time they make a little money, they go out and spend it. Mm-hmm. They waste it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know, when you were in school, if you saw people like that, they just kind of blow through their money. You know, uh, in fact, I heard an illustration the other day, a guy talked about he worked at this place and people got paid on Friday. Mm-hmm. And by the time Monday came around, a bunch of them wouldn't show up to work for at least for Monday and part of Tuesday because they spent the whole weekend drinking. Mm. So what he did is he made them get paid on Wednesday. Mm. So by the time Friday came around, they'd already paid their bills they didn't have the money to go out. And he said on Monday morning, everybody was back because they wanted to get paid Wednesday. Yeah. So it was just, it's those little thing. And you, and you hear of a, you know, old timey movies where the pirates come in, the drunken sailors, mm-hmm. you know, they come in with all their money and they spend it all. Yeah. And then they leave. Uh, it makes me think of Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, Vegas will treat you like royalty mm-hmm. because they want your money. Yeah, you're right. And the I deserve this mentality can apply to any any 
financial position. Yeah. I remember hearing the story of a guy who he said he was having some real tough financial times because he used to be a big celebrity mm-hmm. and he, he would make uh, like, I think it was $11 million a year on average as that celebrity. And eventually he got to the point to where some things fell through and he was only making $8 million a year. And he was talking about how he got in a really bad financial spot because he was like, whenever you're used to making 11 million, hmm. making 8 million actually is real tough. <laughs> I know. I wanted to laugh at him. Yeah. But the truth is, if your I deserve this is with an $11 million paycheck. Yeah. Then once you get 8 million, you're 3 million in the hole. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing because we talked about it last week. In, in America, we are rich compared mm-hmm. to the vast majority of the world. We, are. we have a lot to be a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. But, you know, to be to be making 50 grand or whatever as a household mm-hmm. is incredible for the world. Oh yeah. Right? Definitely. But for us, if we want to live a $100,000 a year household, mm-hmm. then we're all like, "Oh man, why well, deserve this, you know, yeah. new car, this new Mercedes, this new whatever." Yeah. And and we'll always be stuck in that cycle, which puts you in a bad position financially. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that and then they they find themselves on the backside of debt mm-hmm. and the years it takes to pay that off, which makes me yeah. think of something like college. I think there's a danger of us encouraging young people to go to college when they don't know what they want to do mm. and don't really have any direction. And I know a lot of people grow in college and it's good like that. The problem with college is you obtain debt with no direction. Right. So we have a lot of people who are in college racking up student debt and they don't know what they want to do. Right. So they're they're getting a degree in something they may or may not use that may or may not be able to pay what they're getting the debt in. Right. And I think that's dangerous to not to say, hey, why don't you figure out a little bit more of what you want to do? Like I know people who've done a couple of years in the military and there they matured. Mm-hmm. And when they got out, the military helped pay for their school, but they knew what they wanted to do. So they right. went in with a little bit more purpose. Right. And I'm not saying everybody has to do it that way. I'm just saying that we just assume that, well, everybody's got to go to college. Right. And they don't. I mean, all, a lot of tech billionaires never went to college. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that I think we need to really look at kind of having a direction before we just run out and load up a pile of student debt. Yeah. I think you're definitely right. And that shows another aspect of it. Like, you know, the I deserve this thing's more personal mentality we have mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. But the college thing's also making sure as a society we don't put people in a bad financial position because we want them to feel like they have to fit that mold. Yeah, that's true. It's fitting the mold like we talked about earlier, kind of mm-hmm. that, well, I have to go to college. Well, mm-hmm. you don't. Just figure out kind of what you want to do. There's plenty of careers out there. You can do very well for yourself if you have the right attitude. Maybe if you get mentored by someone. You know, we talked about we know someone who uh, didn't go to college, Mm -hmm. but they started working under a guy in an insurance agency, learned the business, and now he's doing very well for himself Mm -hmm. because he had the right attitude. He learned from people and he worked hard. And there he goes. Yeah. So it's not wrong to do something like college. But you do need to do it with a purpose yeah. in mind. And I think that that counts for everything. Like the same thing happens with master's degrees and doctorate degrees. Sometimes people get these crazy high degrees just because they don't know what else to do. Yeah. And, and financially, that can hurt you in the long run. Yeah. I think some people are doing it because they don't know what they want to do. 
So they're just staying in school. Mm-hmm. And so just watching that is going to be really important because you don't want to make those decisions early on that cost you in the long run. Exactly. So those are some of the things that we've talked about today that are what not to do. Yeah. Um, if money is a tool, that is how not to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing if money is a tool, how do we use it well? How do we use it effectively? How can we set it up to where it is a important part of our life like it needs to be, but it's also not the source of our life? And so that's what next week is going to look like. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the Q&A for the day. Um, We've got three questions, as we typically do, um, that we have chosen. The first one is this. Uh, Last week, I know, with contentment, we talked about the I deserve this mentality. We Mm -hmm. mentioned it today. And somebody asked a very practical question. How do I get out of the I deserve this mentality? Like, let's say somebody struggles with it. How do they get out of it? Yeah, I think one, if you recognize it, that's a really big first step. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say recognition is the beginning of change. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think if you recognize that you kind of have that I deserve this mentality, uh, I think you find ways to hold yourself back from doing those things. But also, I think one of the biggest things you can do is find ways to serve other people. That's good. You know, when you're doing something for someone else. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to I want to say something with that. A lot of people go do a quote unquote good deed Mm -hmm. more to appease their guilt than to genuinely serve somebody. You're right. And I think that's a big thing in the U.S. where I've seen people, oh, we went to a soup kitchen and served. Mm -hmm. You know, they did that one time. Yeah. Well, okay, that was good. But are you really serving or are you just making yourself feel better? Right. And I think what we have to do is start, what am I doing to actually serve, to find ways to help and bless others? Am I serving in my church? Am I serving in my community? And when you serve other people and you really begin to have compassion and empathy for them, Mm -hmm. I think that helps you automatically kind of take that, I deserve this mentality out. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I would definitely agree with that because that was really one of the biggest things I was going to say is just expanding your view mm-hmm. really helps put things into perspective. Um, I was thinking about this earlier today. I think that one of the reasons in the Western world that the statistics are so high with things like anxiety and, and depression is because we're so individualized. Everybody's thinking about themselves all the time. Yeah. And, and that's a habit that can make you sick. Mm-hmm. mentally. Uh, if you're always thinking about you, always thinking about how you're going to do stuff. Yeah. Um, so when we turn outward, it's it's healthy for the soul. And it's not only healthy for the soul in terms of you being able to be healthy mm-hmm. for yourself. It also helps you get past the I deserve this mentality. Yeah. I mean, when Jesus was given the Sermon on the Mount and he talked about contentment, you know, he mentioned looking at the world. Jesus was like, hey, look at the birds of the field. Like, Hmm. your heavenly father cares for them. He's going to care for you. Look at the flowers of the field. They're dressed more beautifully than a king. And they just grew, and God took care of them. That's good. Don't you think he's going to take care of you? Yeah. And and we can do the same thing. Jesus looked at the world around him and saw the abundance of what God had given. Instead Mm -hmm. of looking in the world around him and thinking, man, this person has what I don't. This person has what I don't. Uh, 
he, he lived with that, that gratefulness and that awareness. So cultivating that, I think would be very helpful. Yeah, I said a few weeks ago in my podcast that, um, you know, we need to learn how to look out the window more than look in the mirror. That's good. You know, look in the window at other people instead of looking at the mirror yeah. at ourselves. That's, that's really good. That's a good quote. You should post that. <laughs> uh, the next question we have is slightly less deep. Who is your favorite Napoleon Dynamite character? I'm dreading this question. It's so hard for me. Every character has their positives, and some of them are just funny. Yeah, just um, ridiculous. But I, I'm probably going to go just plain Jane Vanilla Napoleon. Yeah. I like Napoleon because I like that he, he kind of stays himself. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. He doesn't give in to a pressure. He's just himself. This is who I am. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about doing something for someone else. He worked to, to help elect Pedro, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course the, the comic aspect is, is great. Cool. In fact, I want to go watch the movie now. Thank you for whoever asked that question. But I think Napoleon is probably just my favorite, just cause you just kind of cheer for him. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I mean, Napoleon's obviously my favorite yeah. for multiple reasons. One, everything you named two. We share the same hair, <laughs> so uh, I feel like it's I'm obliged to to reach for the people with the fro and just. That's true. The fro. Uh, since you already chose him, I'll go with who I think is probably the funniest, and that's Kip. Yeah. Because Kip is just so lame. I love Kip. He makes that giant thing of nachos that's like the cheese is mounded a mile high. He <laughs> chats online with his girlfriend all day. Um, he's just so funny to me. Yeah. So he's 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 great. Uh, final question, which is on the deeper side. It said, do you think that the growing population is killing the planet? Yeah, I know a lot of people feel that the population is getting too big for the earth. But if you really look at the stats behind it, we have tons of space in this world. Um, So I don't think the growing population is killing our planet. I don't think we're that powerful as humans. Mm -hmm. We can destroy a lot of things, but we're not going to destroy the planet. Um, now we are called, if you look at it scripturally to be stewards, and that's where I think a lot of people are confusing that, um, we are called to be stewards of the planet. And I think we're not doing as good a job as we could Mm -hmm. in that. But the thing we have to be careful of is even the things we think are saving the planet, maybe doing the opposite, Mm -hmm. you know, like everybody wants a electric car. Well, electric cars are great, but the batteries Mm-hmm. take certain minerals and things from around the world that are causing issues. Mm-hmm. Like some of the mines of those are using child labor. Mm-hmm. And and they're in countries that aren't taking care of anything. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful that it makes us feel better, mm-hmm. but is it really helping? Yeah. And as far as population goes, we've got plenty of space in this world. We've got tons of space we're not using um, even, I mean, we could fit the entire world in the United States, the 7 billion people, and still have lots of room. That's how much space we have in our country. Mm. So when you look around the world, we have plenty of space. What we just have to do, I think, is be better at taking care of our resources yeah. and being smart with those yeah. and not hindering ourselves from from doing what's taking care of people. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that stewardship is the key idea here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes people go all the way over to the side of like the human race is the problem. Yeah. We're a disease on this planet, you know, like, 
And the truth is, is that in the book of Genesis, when God gave Adam and Eve their call mm-hmm. before anything fell, before human nature became sinful, God said, go, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Mm-hmm. And he was calling humanity to bring the earth to abundance. Yeah. Uh, really, the world should be better because humans are here. Yeah. I think the reason it's not in a lot of cases is because of that sin nature, mm-hmm. the, the flesh, the how we operate apart from God. Yeah. Um, that's where people start to take advantage of each other. Mm-hmm. That's where people start to destroy stuff with no regard for the future. That's where people start to do really, frankly, stupidity Yeah. Uh, is, is when it's all about them, not about others. So if we can just follow Jesus and and do the whole the whole thing of loving others as I love myself, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing of even loving animals as I would myself, yeah. just taking care of things and being a good person. Yeah. yeah. That's the core issue. The issue is not what kind of battery you have. Mm-hmm. The issue is human nature. Yeah. And that needs to be dealt with, I think, because if you do that, then with a new heart, people are willing to change things and make it a little bit less inconvenient a little bit less convenient for themselves mm-hmm. so that someone else can benefit. And I think that that's the, the core solution, really. Yeah, and I think there's a, the mindset that we can do enough to make the world its own utopia. Right. And, and that's just false. You know, only God can fix everything. Mm-hmm. And when we start thinking we're that powerful, that we can create a utopia ourselves, then we're really making ourselves out to be gods. Mm-hmm. And it just never works. Humans don't do a good job when they try to be God. No. But if you let God be God, he can do incredible things. Yeah. Um, I would say that probably the last thing I want to mention before we go is uh, your master class that you're doing for yes. for dads. Um, that's something that it's got parenting tips. And I just want you to explain that just for a second so people can hear about it. Yeah, for those of you who are dads are going to be dads soon. I've got a free video masterclass. Uh, If you go to theconfidentman.me. And I did it just to kind of help you learn three key areas that you can begin to implement now. Uh, If you have children, it'll help you relate to them. It'll help you connect. Even if you don't have kids yet, if you're married, it'll help you connect to your wife, the very same thing or to your husband. Uh, There are things in there. It's for fathers. But the the lessons can help you connect. And my heart is to help guys be dads because it's one of those things that I think if we have better fathers in our country, I think we solve a lot of the problems we have. If you look at a lot of the stats, fatherless homes are one of the biggest problems in our country that's really causing a lot of the other things. So theconfidentman.me will take you directly to the masterclass. You can sign up for it. And if you have any questions, send it our way and we'll be glad to answer them. Yeah. And my dad's been doing work with students for 30 years. Uh, he raised me and my sister, and I think he did a great job. Our house was a wonderful place. And so the things that he's going to be sharing with you guys are things that he's learned, not just in theory, but through experience. I would highly encourage you, if you are parents of any way, shape, or form, uh, check that out because that's a lot of valuable information. And something that's been cool about the podcast is that we've had parents listening as well as as young adults and, and students. So we just want to encourage you guys with that. Say thank you for listening to the podcast today. We're praying that you have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. 
If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you. Thank you.